0: Welcome to Where Is My Mind, the podcast that talks about music and mental health. We have a different guest each week who talks us through their emotional playlist. I'm your host, Tom. The guest for episode 7 is Cher Adelecan. Cher is the bassist of the band Gorillaz. He talks to us about a mixture of things from his upbringing, life as a musician, rehab, and talks us through his playlist picks. Also, please remember if you're struggling with your mental health to talk to someone, your friends, your family, or ring a support line. It's okay to not feel okay. Thank you.
1: Hey, man, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you, Tom?
0: I'm good. Uh, we're recording this on the 2nd of June, and, it, mm. I mean, maybe by the time this has been released, the sun will have gone, but uh, I'm currently very warm in my flat in London, um, but it's glorious weather yeah. today, so it's super lovely. It is. I'm similarly warm. It's so warm in here that I've got a Hawaiian shirt on. So, <laughs> you do. Uh, um for when we release the video version of this people will get to see it but it is glorious um so <laughs> um how so a question that i've kind of asked most musicians or actually people in the creative industry during this yeah. pandemic is how have you been during it i mean obviously as we are in june now life is a bit more open than obviously it would have been had we recorded this a couple of months ago um, mm. how have you found being
1: stuck at home being a musician well, it's funny because for me, I I was also, I was in a down sort of period in my life anyways. So I wasn't necessarily expecting to be that busy until perhaps maybe this time this year anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, because I'd taken like, I'd taken basically a couple of years out. Um, I'm sure we'll probably touch on that a bit later. But like, uh, I didn't necessarily feel stuck indoors because I was going to be there, you know? So I... It's obviously, but it has been hard because I would ideally, I would have liked to have been out there playing gigs or at least seeing gigs happening and knowing that there's work coming up, etc. But um, it's meant that I've been, I've been way more active in sort of personal relationships, and it's meant that I've been way more active in personal projects as opposed to you know a lot of work I do is with other artists and with other bands and producing and writing with other artists, but. um it helped me uh, work on my own stuff, which has been really good. And uh, I've also, uh, I found the time just really valuable because also I'm one of the lucky people, like I think maybe yourself, like who has who has a good family and who has a good envir- home environment to be in. Um, as a lot of people were like, well, as you say, stuck indoors with mm. like their enemies or like, you know, the people that they didn't, like didn't treat them well or, um in a bad situation whereas I was in a great situation I spent last year um up north in Chorley with my mum and dad um which was like was wicked uh really really good and again just helped our relationship and uh and then I moved back down to London in January this year and uh it's been a, it's all been it's I've had quite a positive to be a positive time to be honest okay nice and yeah, you know, as you mentioned
0: obviously my family your family I feel like You should give her a shout out because if I didn't, I feel like my sister would tell me off. But um,
1: obviously
0: you're friends with my sister. Obviously I'm friends with my sister. Um, So (laughs) thank you, Vic, for helping us connect uh, because I think she'll be listening to this and wouldn't be happy if we didn't mention her at all. So
1: let's just get out of the way early. (laughs) Big up, Vic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, big up, Vic, for sure. She'll she'll definitely like that. Um, So as we are coming out now, And you've said, obviously, you haven't hated being locked up because, obviously, you've been able to invest time in personal relationships. Are you excited, nervous about getting back out there again? How do you feel about kind of life reopening?
1: Excited, mainly. Um, But I think I've changed quite a lot since we all went into, you know, Armageddon. Um, (laughs) So I'm not coming out... Like, say, so, I mean... I did. I did almost a year in rehab, and uh, then a year at my parents' place. And I'm if say I was still in sort of my old sort of mode of living, I would have been gagging to get back out for just to be able to hit the pub or whatever, blah, blah blah. But like, I'm more excited for um, yeah for going back to work and for um, again just building on so good my good relationships with my friends and my family and. Uh, working on all these different projects that I've got going on uh, like I'm not itch, I'm I'm not like itching like chomping at the bit just to like get out and hang out with people because I'm not really that way inclined I'm quite even though I'm I'm highly highly extrovert and highly sociable in bursts I'm actually really quite insular and I'm very 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 happy with solitude. Um, I'm very comfortable being alone. I'm very comfortable being quiet. Um, that's kind of actually my, my resting mode is sort of quite a low hum. <laughs> um, and then it spikes, you know, when I have to do stuff. And like, I'm, you know, I love being around people and I love um, obviously uh, playing gigs and uh, talking to people, etc cetera, et cetera. But that's not what I don't need that anymore anyways um I actually am quite quite calm so I'm I'm very much excited about sort of just life opening back up and I think especially for the people who like I know a lot of people who are dying because they can't or haven't been able to you know go out and see people like I know lots of people who need energy like they get their energy from being around people whether it be chaotic or not it's just like they have to have that injection of energy otherwise they literally get ill um whereas I'm yeah I'm just not like that um so yeah I I feel it's just it would just be great for the planet great for everybody we know um to be able to see people and for families to be able to get together again and uh yeah like i um I'm, I'm, I'm I mean my goodness to, to play like to play a proper gig in front of people like I've done a couple like obviously I did Glastonbury a couple weeks ago which was amazing um and with Gorillas we did um a live stream in December but that's it. So I don't know. I haven't had a gig. i one. Mean, I haven't had a gig, a proper gig so yet. And I also haven't. You know, it's been a long time since actually playing in front of people. So mm-hmm. like, that's that's, mate. That's going to be special.
0: Yeah. And it sounds very much like kind of if we take, obviously, you're in rehab and obviously lockdown. If you take it, it's just like a bolt bolt year. Kind of the you going into those two years and coming out. It's going to be obviously a dramatically different person um how, how do you feel like the things that you enjoy the most you know obviously you mentioned playing music how do you feel that will be different now kind of going forwards in terms of this new person that you are um kind of the new it's, you do you think it will feel different It's been
1: hard it's been hard already um like it's been good it's been great and it's been hard so for example i i felt really sad after glastonbury um like i so me and the guitarist simon tong um big up man like I, si, uh we we basically jumped in a car pretty much immediately after and came drove back to london um uh, we were all traveling up and down that day anyways but it's like we played you know the but but you know the bottles started popping etc i had my little non alcoholic beer um but we sort of got into our car and left um and I just found myself feeling, which is which is the still the irrational part of my brain, just feeling really kind of kind of lame. But also, um, there's a weird thing when you're not clouded by say booze and like drugs or just like hyper energy, etc. It's just like now I actually can stop and think about what it is that I do and how mental it is. It's just like if you actually stop and think that millions of people watch what you do, it can act, It's it can freak you out. Yeah. and it's like having to for the first time in my life really I'm sort of I'm absorbing the sort of back end of it um a bit more uh, cuz there's just nothing there's no way of escaping how i feel um yeah. or just embellishing the the high the good bits do you know what i mean um so it's it's still it's still a new feeling to be dealing with sober because like I'm not joking since I started playing gigs like when I was 16 there's barely been a dry one like um so I actually haven't really done this like this ever um except for you know the Bromley youth concert and (laughs) and Bromley youth chamber choir um but it's yeah they weren't very rock and roll gigs ever (laughs) um it and, you know, the, the one in December, the live stream was also... That was, like, amazing, because obviously, it's like, I love the gorillas family and everyone's... Number one, uh, let me just say this, that everyone is wonderfully supportive and there's no pressure whatsoever to do anything I don't want to do, etc. Um, so that's oh, that's one of the positives um, of this new sort of chapter. Um, nothing but support and nothing but love, right? Um, but, yeah, it's like... Because gorilla is such a big thing and... Uh, Actually, I was worried that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to be as creative or to be as fun or to be as good um, without any other, you know, help. Uh, But that's completely false. Like a lot of people think that you lose, you lose something, but it's like, actually you gain all these other things that you didn't have. Um, So i i thankfully don't i i I have more to me now i've got more more resources literally in terms of say money um but also in terms of time which is like a major 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 one like i used to basically run on about three hours a day because i well yeah because i'd only i'd be recovering from whatever was happening the day before or still up from whatever was happening the day or days before and then you know i'd go i'd i'd crash at some point um and just just make whatever it was i needed to be doing that day um and it was just it's literally i've just gained like a good 10 12 hours a day and it's like i that's why i'm just i can do so much more stuff now um and not even just stuff to do with music, so it's, like, also stuff to do with just life, you know, I can uh, work on other projects, I can read, I can cook, I can, you know, see my friends, I can be a better boyfriend, I can do all these things, so... Um, yeah, so it's a new it's a new feeling, doing what I do um, the way I am now, but thankfully there's been no, absolutely no diminished... no diminished creativity or anything like that. If anything, it's actually bursting it there's a lot more like going on. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's been but but then on the flip flip side it's it's still a bit of a head wreck. Um and I just I just need more time mm. uh because there haven't been gigs. If if I'd done like two tours by now, then I'd probably be in, in the groove. But I haven't there's been no chance to get into the groove yet, so
0: yeah, I'm
1: sure will be fine. And I I know you mean when you said at start that about
0: you know, it's partly that feels a bit lame. I mean, I I don't know from the size you do, but I know from a mental health side. So, you know, I've struggled recently with my mental health again and I'm yeah. not drinking at the moment. And, you know, like last night especially, I was getting, you know, quite a few messages from people because the sun's yeah. out, people are outside having beers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was a bit like, oh, come, but I'm not drinking at the moment. And yeah. I'm a chatty cafe anyway, so I don't need mm-hmm. alcohol to talk. Um, but there is a part of you know there was part of me last night just felt a bit lame and I was just a bit like oh you know like I'm trying to you know get my head back into a much healthier space at the moment and i know alcohol is depressive and mm-hmm. i feel when i wake up i feel sluggish and i feel slow and i feel less inspired to do other things but um yeah i i kind of know what you mean in kind of that regards but um i, I mean would you say obviously we you know you've mentioned it obviously you are in Gorillas and obviously there is a certain famous frontman and obviously everyone in the band has certain experience and have obviously been in other bands etc does it help or will it help do you think having those experienced heads around you who've kind of been there and done it in terms of on the tours and like supporting you and giving you that kind of helping hand had you been in a band full of people who say your age who might not have gone through as much as it you
1: know, Damon Holman, for example. If, yeah, for example, um, and I love all my brothers in uh, Yota, like Youth of the Apocalypse, a band I was also in, like, a few years ago. All the lads were basically my age. Like, I couldn't be sober in that band, for example. You um, know, like, uh, I, I'm, I might be speaking out of turn, but... The, especially the way we all were, like if I went away, became sober, and I couldn't come back to that band, for example. Um, but what's great, yeah, what is great about the sort of Gorilla's family is that, yeah, there's such a spectrum of experience, and uh, but ultimately, I think the main thing is, you know, we want this, we we want it to be great, like full stop, and thankfully they. Nobody employed me for being. Uh, I wasn't employed for being a record. I was. I was employed because I'm good, or yeah. um, well, at least they thought. They think so, anyways. I'm still. <laughs> they st- still under the the, the illusion, um, <laughs> and and will help me in any way to to keep that. And that's that's actually the main thing. It's like, and also they're not like nobody walks they're not walking walking on eggshells like i'm not and i'm not stopping anybody from doing anything that they want to do or whatever like in terms of just having a party or drinking. it's like i everybody's their own person um and this is something that i had to do for my own mental health and for my own physical health and um at the end of the day all that matters is can i do my job or not yeah um and they yeah it's great to have you know, experience heads around and being a non-judgmental space because I think there's a lot. You know, in most, even like around my close friends. Um, I mean, I've got a, I've got a lot in common with like my friends in, in the gorillas, my family the gorillas for many reasons. Like we have very shared life experience, and few people know what it's like to do what we do. <laughs> um, so it's just it's it's also just a comfort and uh, a good good place to be around, which where some people might think. That, that's the last place you want to be is like to be on tour and to um be around this big thing but it's actually probably one of the safest places i could be because i'm around people that really love and support me um and i'm doing some doing something that i actually do love doing um something that feeds me like nourishes me sort of mentally and sort of spiritually whatever um and something you do like i one thing i found that sort of with sobriety etc was like you know boredom is really can be really bad for you it's like no number one i think you should also make time like being bored is all right but being bored because you just aren't like you've chosen to like just like be lazy or whatever that's a really bad bad place to be it's just like having time off is one thing but like you need to stimulate yourself with things that you love doing or that you want to do and uh that's where i want to be and that's what i want to be doing so um it, and it's being made very easy for me, so.
0: Amazing. And talking about, you know, being able to invest his time into other things, you know, obviously I've seen recently the cyber thing that you, your brother have been doing mm. with Don Martins, which seems really cool. Mm. Um, talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so one of the things that came out of lockdown was me and Benga, my brother, who's also a musician in Metronomy. Um, we wrote uh, yeah, this sci-fi sort of short story. Um, that sort of came from a place of like, we've been making music together on, you know, over the years, obviously, but um, we couldn't physically obviously be around each other. And there's just something about, especially making music, especially making music with someone that you have made music with before, that doing it over the internet just doesn't, doesn't hit the same. Like I have been working a lot with people I've never met before online but that's all right i don't know what the mm. dynamic would be if we were in the same room so it's we can this is how it is um but yeah me and Benga were like you know let's just let's write something I well Bengo she really led the charge um and yeah we wrote this short story so we had this before dr Martins got involved okay. Um we we just wrote it off our own backs for the sake of it um but i did a little campaign for them with Dr Martin's, and out off the back of that they were like oh we do this thing called Dr Martin's Presents where they get involved with artists um of different sort of creative fields and um do a project um often with some sort of like cause behind it you know um and you know we wanted to sort of elevate people of color and in... well they asked me what I wanted to do and I was like I've got this story and I wrote it with my brother I was just like maybe do some sort of comic or maybe or something with it and yeah we turned it into they suggested like a zine and so we got like sort of cool um people of color to do the illustrations and um the story itself is like set in an alternate alternate history where in an africa that was never colonized um in set in west africa we call it yoruba lands but it's like it's basically in nigeria um and it's all this like political intrigue and but it's but it's a it's a it's a really cool world but it's a very small story about like a family um but yeah that was fun so yeah that's the sort of thing it was really hard to get together because you know things like chasing down artists or finding the artists like working out what fonts you wanted and like all of this stuff, producing, uh, help co-producing a uh, uh, zine um, along with these guys called We Are Amplifying. Um, big up to Millie. Uh, that was a challenge and something I just wouldn't like. The stresses of that and like finding locations for the little film that we shot and uh, all this stuff, contracts and et cetera, et cetera, Wouldn't I would not have been able to had the bandwidth to deal with something like that if I was just. A wreck every day especially as we were having you know weekly meetings in the morning or just like the emails and the the zoom calls started from like nine in the morning so it's like i i just didn't exist at nine in the morning for a few years man <laughs> but that's been that's been that's been one great challenge yeah i've been up to i know you mean about
0: other things with fonts and stuff like the artwork we do for the podcast which uh my mate johnny be up to johnny does uh if it's i have no capacity to think about designs logos etc i know what looks cool if someone puts it in front of me i can say if it's cool or not but the idea of coming up with a concept and then putting it on paper i cannot that's not my area of expertise um so i definitely am good at or getting talented people involved to do their areas of expertise um but it looks really cool i mean i grew up as a big comic book fan so um i'm definitely excited to read your
1: zine for sure yeah man big up yeah so it's going to be on um you'll be able to get them from uh dr martin stores from the 10th of june it was going to be the ninth of june but it's actually the 10th of june um i think they're three quid and all the money goes to um, black minds matter nice man oh yeah please everyone who's listening
0: please go and buy and also just talking about other things you're working on where obviously money goes to good places your t-shirts that I've seen as well, which the design yeah. is racist against racist. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Racist <laughs> against racist. Um, yeah. Yeah. How did you, was that an idea you had? Did someone
1: approach you about that? So I, I just saw, and I'm not sure how it came into my sphere, but there's this, this well, a woman called Lynn from, uh, out of LA from a band called Bad backup, backup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And like, so basically she started this with, um, I think there's a merch company that they work with and they yeah so they get um a different bassist every month to be like the cover star or whatever um oh this is how i got involved so uh, the uh, band called the nova twins uk um yeah. sort of alt uh duo um also sort of women of color they had done a doc martin's presents and in fact we've been sort of like just behind each other on a few different projects this year like they also helped with um i think they helped with this thing called rip it up um or like guest judges on something that i was also a guest judge on um so we we've been our names have been popping up in similar things and yeah i saw that they one uh, where the bass player was she was the t-shirt for a couple months ago um so I saw that I was just like, this looks really cool. So I I approached them saying, oh, cool. look, I I don't know what the deal is, but I would like to get involved. And they were like really really into it and really receptive. And um, just missed out on May because my birthday's in May. So, really cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they raised money like in the in the US. It uh, the money goes to Black Black uh, Lives Matter. Um, and in Europe, I've chosen to work with, um, oh let me get this right, actually. Um, the, it's like European, it's European network against, I'm um, on airplane mode, so that doesn't work, that's it. Yeah, let me just find this out real quick. Yeah, European network against racism, E-N-A-R. Um yeah, so uh, pre-orders are all the way through June. Uh, that's the thing with these t-shirts, they're all like quite limited. So you have like just a, a base player for the month. Um, and as soon as it gets to July, um, pre-orders stop. And that's when they start making them and shipping them. So, uh, yeah, hopefully this comes out. Well, yeah,
0: this we'll will come out, come out in June. Sure. So um, you're going to be the next episode. So we'll definitely share. I mean, yeah. I'm going to be buying mine
1: after this because... I think it's really cool. Yeah, and it's just—I think it's just—I don't know. There's something fun. There's something fun about it as well. It's like it's a, also because oftentimes bassists are the butt of the joke, um, <laughs> and you know, yeah, it's like it's a bit of like, yeah, we're our bass players are getting together because we're not taking that seriously. It's like let's do something, but it's also just like bass players are often the Dude, or the most fun in the band dude you did dude, you have that flying v there's not many people who can look all so <laughs> yeah that's fast becoming sort of my sort of signature signature look for me and yeah i i love that guitar so yeah it's got a got picture of me with my flying v on yeah so and and my my each bass player has a different quote or a different slogan nice um and i chose kindness is timeless i oh, mean yeah, that's a really nice of of it as well itself. yeah um I love that. And yeah, we'll share obviously all the
0: links to your Dot Martin's projects, obviously this project yeah. as well, because they're both for such worthwhile causes. Um yeah. so we should definitely get involved in those. Um so let's jump back to the beginning. Um because I want to discover more about how you formed your connection with music, because though I haven't met obviously your other brother, I've met Yemi. You're both bassists, you're both musicians, so clearly music was a thing for you guys growing up. And what I find interesting is obviously you guys have lived in, hopefully I'm right in saying, it's three different countries,
1: Nigeria in the Netherlands and obviously Mm -hmm. the UK. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, I've lived in four, Okay, they've they've lived in... As a family. siblings have lived in three, yeah.
0: And how... parents?
1: my parents have lived in like seven. (laughs) So talk to me about how you, A, formed
0: that kind of connection to music, but B, how... How music was for you guys growing up was it a big thing was it just something that you and your brothers got involved in and also in the different countries how that kind of music adapted to kind of your environment
1: music's been massive uh, my mum's a musician she studied music taught music for a bit um i think she also worked worked at like nta which is like the sort of national television association Nigerians sort of the Nigerian, like BBC, okay, back way back, way back when, I think she did a little bit of work for them, doing music, um, playing organ or something. Uh, my dad plays a bit of guitar. Um, they both have always been involved in like choirs at church and stuff, and we all grew up in church, so we were singing all the time. And like we'd, as a family, we'd sing, like we'd read the Bible and sing songs from like uh, like songbooks. As a family, maybe six nights a week, oh, well, okay, till I was eighteen. So, like, it was it. There was no getting away from from sort of music, and my mum would arrange songs for us to perform von Trapp style um, at the at church. You know, so like she'd write, you know, like four four parts harmony, you know, stuff, and so I was like three, sat on her knee, um, singing soprano parts with her and. You know learning like hearing how how like harmonies worked and like so it it was you know and when you're that young you're porous so like I was just taking it all in so this stuff just got became instinctive even though I didn't necessarily consider it was going to be a job um but it was something I I did regardless Mm -hmm. um like I was always like sort of singing I was writing songs um and yeah, so music came naturally in like uh so my brother, yeah, Benga, he's a bass player, musician. Um, my oldest brother, Nee, he's a music producer, like a sort of jazz, you know, Berkeley, went to Berkeley Music School in oh, Boston, cool. like proper like Beast on the on the keys and just a great producer. This producer name is Cinematic, um out in LA. Um and yeah, so there's three like professional musicians in the family. Um but everyone in the family, even though most everybody's creative, but like everybody can sing, everybody you know can hold you know hold their own in like a choir, for example, um, and yeah, so it's always been there. And and obviously like growing up in different places, we always kept our own vibe. I wouldn't say like we I got influenced by the music of the Netherlands. <laughs> um, we went to like an american school uh, okay. no i we went to like an american church and i went to a british international school um so we never wherever we went we always we always kept what we did at home in terms of the way we sung and uh all of that um the same really but went for example i mean being in nigeria that's going to get into you because like just the vibes of like a nigerian church are just wicked um the music's great um music's great in west africa anyways um but yeah i mean i but i i did my sixth form in ecuador as well so that's oh, wow. another um like i'm a big fan of well south america as a continent um spanish as a language and yeah the music and the rhythms of uh that kind of music is it, also just its own thing um but I think more than me being musically influenced by the places I've lived, it's the fact that I've moved around to different places that's influenced my life. It's like, I'm all right. I'm good with change. like, um, And I'm good in new situations because uh, I've had to re- like, introduce myself so much in my life. Um, and, you know, one thing that, say, helps with empathy and helps with... Uh, your ear, like listening with music, is like say wherever I'd, wherever I'd move, I'd quickly adopt the accent of wherever it was, um, yeah. just to fit in, um, and just mimic, people's just social cues, etc. Just like so, you just become, re- re- receptive to other people, and that that really helps with being a musician and so or an actor or any kind of performer. Um, it's, it's really really important to. Receive as well as give um like the worst people in the people you never want to really have in your band are people who are just like uh it's always their turn do you know what i mean like they're the worst people don't listen um they might be like shredders or they might be technically extremely gifted um but you, one thing that you need to have is subtlety and allow for space when you're a good musician um so yeah moving around has definitely helped um help me adjust to different challenges and um and I mean for example if if things got so bad here that I needed to to move tomorrow to another country I'd be all right with that um like it, some people might hit, might see that as being like I'm not very sentimental about things for example like I don't have anything from well, I think my parents probably do but I don't personally have like my first like baseball cap or like like my notebooks from when i was 8 yeah. or a diary from when i was 12 like i'm quite alright with shedding things because other things are going to come into my life yeah. um like and i'm you know i'm down but also there's something to be said like i've never i'm only just come, coming to a point in my life where i really am treating things well and valuing things as much as they should be so from now who knows i'm probably going to look after things better or hold on to things a bit more but I, I can I could possibly live most anywhere, um, and I could leave everything I've got and start fresh. Yeah, just not that flying V. Always take that. No, no, no I'm keeping that bad boy. <laughs>
0: so, who are your like musical heroes growing up?
1: Um, my brothers, number one. Uh, yeah, brother, like me and Benga, I really looked up to and still do um i've stolen many i've stolen moves off bengar just quite <laughs> a lot
0: just quite did you around, did you pick up the bass because of it because obviously you're both bassists
1: yeah um and yeah i mean not, even, not necessarily because yeah because it was there like okay. he, he started playing so it was there for me to just mess around with um i was playing guitar like my dad told me uh, so guitar chords and i was like really into like my um, guitar world magazine and um, getting the tabs and like learning slipknot yeah. riffs and um yeah like that was that was a bit of me um you couldn't again you couldn't stop me from couldn't stop me from playing um my but musical heroes uh again i listened to a lot of I listened to a lot of Christian music, like this band DC Talk were a big, big influence on me and Delirious. Um, but then also growing up in like the 90s, it was a lot of bands um, like your Foo Fighters, your Nirvanas, your um, Manson and my Vitriol and Radiohead and uh, stuff like that. Um, that I was really sort of into it earlier. Um, and then obviously like Jimmy world, scape, like Jimmy world, emo skate punk, that stuff. That's actually really where I started. Um, I didn't really get into cooler music. till. So. Um, and then oddly, like, again, growing up in a house with, I'm, I'm the youngest of six. So there's quite a spectrum of what people listen to from like Naughty by nature, like Janet Jackson, um, to, yeah. Like we watched a lot of like old uh, musicals and stuff so there's lots of Julie Andrews in the gaff Um, so it's quite a cool um, cool mix and like lots of lots of choral stuff lots of uh, like King's College Choir and uh, like Take Six like so like vocal close harmony groups and stuff nice
0: yeah I mean I when you listed those bands I mean that was my musical kind of teenagers mm. for me I mean you know Foo's my Virtual who are from Openson which is where i'm from Big. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's our claim to fame <laughs> that they come from yeah. here how many uh, cool people do um yeah well not many cool bands i should say um but now i and also for me that i'm not of as many siblings but i have an older brother younger sister and a half sister mm. but growing up with my older brother and my younger sister we all had slightly there was bands or singers that we all love as a free. But then we yeah. all went off in certain different tangents. I listened to a lot heavier stuff with my brother. Mm-hmm. My brother was like really into his indie and other types of music. But then we both have a real love for like hip hop. So he would introduce me mm-hmm. to different sounds. And I got into hip hop because of him. And cool. my sister is more into a pop. But then there were some like old bands like Chicago and bands like that. Because we both nice. love a power ballads who, nice. you know, we would like come together for. So um I think that's important to kind of obviously... The far, you know, you are your own person and obviously need your own tastes. But learn from others around you to kind of make that make that taste a little bit more wider and a little bit more
1: broader, I think it's important. It really is, because I think the death of any, like, anybody's musical taste is saying, oh, that's country, I don't like that. It's just like, but you don't, you haven't heard any. Like before, like saying you don't like something before you've tried it is um it's like it's like the enemy of wisdom uh like i've i've had to do a lot of like say hang out with a bunch of people in say for example rehab that i never thought i'd hang out with and hear some opinions on things i never thought i'd hear on or learn just learn about life in certain places that i didn't have never been like uh and uh just being open to new experiences and to different input man just like just broadens your capacity to to be to learn to love to be interesting to be interested like um yeah no you're right you need you need as much coming in as possible and that that's not to say you can't you know be like a metalhead and just you know be into your metal and it's like but it's like within that there's a lot going on um it's like and you can go super classical with it and you can go super I don't know, tribal with it, and like, just you should definitely try, try some stuff. Oh, understand. I mean,
0: yeah. One, one of the nice things about putting on gigs is I have to discover new bands. And I got into a debate the other day of a friend because there's this band who I won't name who he loves, and I just can't get my head around. But right. every promoter's like, <laughs> climb into book them, and really? I and I don't want to. I just don't get it. But you know everyone else does apart from like me and a couple of other people I know and mm-hmm. you know like you can't like every band or singer that everybody else is gonna no. like um you are gonna go off and slight tangents mean I am massively into my heavier stuff my punk mm-hmm. my kind of rock stuff but mm-hmm. then you know I've already mentioned it when I'm in the car with my sister we listen to pop and yeah, yeah. you know sing along and I, I'm i you know like me and my friend Meg always say like put a bit of Celine on, I'm all well, over it standard standing no, no like shame. that stuff
1: is that's she's the biggest because for very good reason like <laughs> because she's the best um but yeah it's 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 definitely like one other sort of thing that I've learned recently is like yeah not liking something is all right so it's like if you try something and you don't like it that's all right just just opening your eyes to all these things doesn't mean you have to like everything at 100%. all um like knowing what you don't like is really important it's almost more important than knowing what you do like what you do like could change tomorrow yeah. um but what you don't like is often quite static um or rather it's just like it's it's something that yeah is just as informative so it's 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 cool if you listen to that if whoever this band is and if you just don't get it it's just then you know then don't get it what yeah. would, what would suck is if like you pretended to like it just because everybody else did. That's when a problem occurs. Totally. And I think as well, like, like you said, if you don't,
0: whether it's food or music or clothes or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, different types of fitness, etc., you don't know if you don't like it until you try it. So, yeah. you know, you have to listen to a song, you have to go to a class or you have to, you know, try a hot sauce or something. Yeah, um, Just because hot sauce seems to be that thing, and that's very Marmite. Um, yeah, very. And I bloody love it. I just feel, yeah, you don't know if you don't like it until you try it. So I think it is important. Um, but jumping back to you, because obviously this podcast is about you, when you, so, so obviously your journey, you were a session musician for various different musicians along the way. And then obviously you thought you joined a pretty humongous band. How did you get into Gorillas? What was your story in terms of joining that band?
1: Um, well, so yeah, I was doing, so this goes back to 2012, when I did Africa Express, which is something that um, a project that Damon, um, one of the projects that Damon has, where he gets um, African musicians and uh, Western musicians and sort of, or like, and, you know, mixes them all together, like on either like a trip somewhere or like we did it in 2012, sort of Olympic year, um. Chartered a train and went around the UK in a train. It was like 85, 85 of us or something like that on this train. Um, it's a dope train. It was like a it was like a sixties or seventies jobby. It was really cool. Um, and like we stop in each town and like do some pro- like some local projects as well as um, all get ready, like rehearse and get ready for like the big like five hour Africa Express monster show that we normally do. Um, but I got put onto that by I was also working on a solo record at the t- like sort of around that time, just before that time uh, when I had my record deal. And do, doing that, I did a writing trip to Senegal and uh, just to meet meet people and to try some stuff out. And uh, the person who linked me up to do that was a guy called Stephen Bird who works with Africa Express. And he was just like, Damon's doing this thing. Would you like to be involved? And um, so I did. And I'd just come off the back of like months, I think quite, quite a lot of touring on my own. Um, like I think I did a Landra Ray support, I did an Emily Sanday support, I did a Teed support tour, I did like a lot of tours where, but it was just me on my own. Um, so I'd done a lot of singing, a lot of playing, mainly a lot of singing I wasn't looking after myself very well. Um, So I couldn't really sing. Like, I was invited on Africa Express as an artist, but I was just like, look, I'm just going to get involved in, like, anything possible. It's like, Tony Allen's here. I'm going to play with him. Like, uh, I don't know who else. Like, John Paul Jones from Zeppelin's here. I'm just going to sit and chat to him while he plays the mandolin. Um, Like, I was just going to hang out and play with as many people. Um, It's where i met a lot of great people, like um, uh, The Temper Trap and Ray Morris and... um, lots of people who are still friends to this day and we all just got stuck in but I in particular was just like I was playing with like a lot of people every day because um, I learned pretty quickly but I was also just like super enthusiastic and I was like playing bass with this person playing guitar with this person and I think Damon took notice um, so I was getting involved in everything and doing all right and he was like oh do you want to play with um, Macca on the last day Um, so yeah so Paul McCartney turns up and we play a couple a few songs which was pretty gnarly i was like 22 yeah. or something at the time um and after which he's like um uh, i'm doing a solo album we'd like to get involved It's like, yeah um and um, then we did it we did a trip to Mali to make a record uh an africa express record um and yeah so from that we you know started working with him doing that and uh then i got asked to Get involved in the new gorilla stuff and uh, I haven't stopped. Um, <laughs> so, cool. so, yeah, it's yeah. quite a natural progression. Yeah, I love how casual he was about, do you want to like play with Macca?
0: <laughs> yeah. All the first names, turns, and backers with Macca.
1: Yeah, it's mad. His his contact list is pretty, pretty deep. Yeah, I can imagine if he ever loses his phone,
0: there'll be a lot of uh, famous people contacted. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. Would you, um? so when, because obviously you've already mentioned about being in rehab, et cetera. Obviously music is such an important thing for you. And obviously I can imagine at home, it's kind of a bit of a, you know, your own therapy in a way, just kind of playing guitar, writing, et cetera. Were you able to play or listen to music in rehab? Or was it a bit
1: of a kind of, that kind of world was cut off for you? Um, it was kind of a bit of both. So I wasn't allowed to play an instrument for the first 16 weeks so that was extremely hard It was a four, 44 week program right. um residential anyways um yeah that was brutal so i had that taken away i mean but it was a Christ- it was like a christian rehab so we were in chapel every day we were singing every day um but like there was yeah there was no phones no internet access um no tv um for 10 months um but the only the only music really you got was uh, you allowed there was like like Christian like music videos basically in the lounge, right. um, which a lot like a lot of people recoil from. But like it's one of these things where you don't know you don't know what it's like until you try it because like contemporary Christian music is the same is is just contemporary music, right? right. Um, and it's funny how often actually which has been the case especially in the states where. Um, a lot of say like the big names like Ray Charles, et cetera, Rita Franklin, all these guys brought brought stuff from the church and took it into pop music, which we call like pop music. Like all like blues and stuff comes from spiritual music anyways. Um so it's funny how everybody thinks these things are completely separate when they're actually completely interlinked. Um but yeah, so I I, I wasn't allowed to play, um, which meant I had to I couldn't escape like like that. I'd sort of just had to do the work. I was just sort of faced with myself every day, had a massive identity crisis. I was just like what well, I had to get to a point of just like I'm share a musician, not the musician. Like it's not everything I am. Um I'm you are not what you you are not just what you do. You know, what you do is part of you. Um especially if it's something that you love and something as like personal and as uh, passion driven as music, but like um yeah, that was hard. But I was but there was still like song. I was still surrounded by song and singing and um you know, I could still I could still write things and I could still um you know write songs and letters and just ideas and feelings and stuff down. So um I couldn't really make like much music. And actually I wanted to I didn't really want to go in there because a lot, you know, people you know know who you are. Well people knew who I was in there. So it's like um i didn't want to just be like oh look at me do this like uh, i wasn't really i didn't want to just then end up just showing off again and just yeah. just performing do you know what i mean because i um i was all right with taking a break cuz i'd sort of you know toured for 10 years straight and it's like uh i actually was quite all right with a bit of a step back mm. um and and it's you know now i'm definitely all right with getting back to work a bit but you yeah, it's taken a little while to feel like I've missed touring again or oh. that I really, really would like to get back into it. Mm. And it sounds like as well that you were able
0: to develop different coping mechanisms as well, because maybe prior, obviously you would have just played your instrument and kind of got your frustrations or et cetera, and that taking that instrument away from you allowed you to kind of develop different ways to cope, I imagine, as well.
1: Well, it's like, a quote or something that used to say at the center was like stillness is a skill um and it's like i was saying earlier about boredom it's just like being all right with just sitting in your head and in your body and in your heart and in your feelings is is a really important thing as opposed to filling your time with stuff um because that's a that can be just a distraction and you're just putting off actually feeling your feelings um like every day, we started off the day with like a good fifteen minutes. Everybody in the rooms in silence, just like meditating, or just sat there in the in whatever whatever the day was. You just had to get involved in how you felt. Um, no, I really did. I really did. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend going to rehab, because um, it was brutal. Um, but I went to a place called Teen Challenge, and they're all great people, and um, it it was by. Yeah, I've done a lot of stuff I could be proud of, but it's probably the thing I'm most proud of doing ever. Um, It's, yeah, it was was the hardest thing I've ever done, and probably, and I can't really think of anything that's going to top it yet besides having a kid, but, like, it's worth it. It was worth it. I say that about life coaching.
0: You know, it was the hardest thing I ever did to be that open and that raw with someone. But the Tom that went into it, the Tom that came out of it, and I am a fan of talking about myself in the third person, um, is completely different and stronger and, Mm. you know, likes himself more. So I think sometimes when you go in, obviously I haven't been to rehab, so I can't compare it to that. But I think when you go through something like rehab or counselling or life coaching, et cetera, if you fully invest into it, if you, Mm -hmm. you know, lay or everything out there kind of to be, as bare as you possibly could, you're going to get so much more out of it, and come out of it hopefully,
1: the person you want to be at the end of it, or on the way to. Because again, yeah. like yeah, every, yeah nobody's fair. a finished work, is it? Um, and fair. that's that's another thing. It's like it was just a it was just to sort of reset the clock almost to get to zero to just start. Yeah, good like, point. Like it, it's not it wasn't um, um, yeah. Like I'm sure you you agree that was such a necessary. Thing, almost like cleaning out like all the gunk in a wound or something so the healing can start. Yeah. Like it's it's you're never you're never sort of done. I, but also I'm not I don't subscribe because I didn't do AA for example. I don't subscribe to be to say calling myself an addict every day. Um I'm not a fan of that and it you know works for some and you know uh and that's not to say that I couldn't be an addict every day, but right now I'm not an addict and it's like but um, and also, this um, a, a chap who worked at Team Challenge used to say, uh, "It's not about saying you're never going to use again, because that's like that's ridiculous. You don't know the future, and you, that's that's way too much pressure." Um, but it's about knowing that you don't have to, and that's a really really powerful thing. Whereas the like before, it was an obsession, and it was like there was no there was nothing else on my mind every day than getting drunk getting I that was it like if like the second I woke up and the, the last thing I thought of when I went to sleep and while I was sleeping it's yeah. like that obsessive all-encompassing like and I'm talking about to the point where the say two two and a half hours I was on stage was just get was getting in the way of me cracking on it's like which is ridiculous like sixty thousand people in front of you and you're playing in the like this amazing band blah blah blah. but you're watching the clock so you can wait for it to finish because it's like it became it became a hindrance do you mean so Mm. like that's that level of obsession it's just like getting free from that um is beautiful so you can so you know think about just like being able to taste things again and you're metaphorically speaking just like now i can enjoy my job Um, i've gained i've gained that privilege back and um but yeah it's not i i don't subscribe to um you know labeling yourself an addict every day personally um but yeah it is a process and you you know it takes constantly being open to people and being honest with people and and one thing i do subscribe to which i think aa is big on is helping other people and like because you you cannot help but help yourself if you're Give, you know giving someone else a leg up or and not to say that I'm a guru or you know like on you know Yoda um but the little bit of experience I've got in this regard um can help the person with zero experience in this regard or the person who's still deep into the middle of it and I get it all the time on um thankfully lots of people feel like they can speak to me about it say on like my instagram and stuff I get lots of messages and That's um cool. we chat and i sort of send point them the direction of people who can help them or um if they just need a chat or need someone to be open to or um then i'm down so yeah i'm like and i put that to anybody who's checking this out so it's like if you've got any questions or want to chat you know give us a yeah. shout no i love that and we'll share um links as
0: well for people that you recommend people talk to etc this because i think mm-hmm. having even you know even if you don't want to talk to someone who you're close to you know you want to talk to a stranger because you're able to open up more having that person yeah. that you can reach out to is super important so we'll share those people as well after this when this episode gets released because i think that's um that's one of the reasons why i started the podcast is that i wanted people to feel like they could listen to two strangers mm-hmm. talk about emotion mental health music other things that they suffer with and get something from it that they can feel, oh, okay, I'm not the only person or it becomes a safe space for people to talk about these things because, yeah. you know, I'm a mental health advocate because, you know, I suffer with it. Like everybody does, or not everybody, but a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was even saying, went for a walk this morning with my friends, you know, I've had a little relapse recently and mm-hmm. you can't move on until your own your story. So I'm very open about my struggles because if I'm not, I'm not really owning it myself deep down. And yeah. I feel like if I am honest and public and talk about it, that for me is a way of owning my story and being able to kind of take those steps to move forward. Uh, where well, if you kind it, of laugh it off a little bit, not laugh off is the wrong way to describe it, but if you ignore it or don't talk mm-hmm. about it, you're kind of not
1: really feeling own- owning it. Well, because it's corrosive. If mm-hmm. you keep something like that inside, it co- it burns you. It- and unfortunately, it doesn't stay inside. Mm. It will come out in some way yeah, at some true. point. Um, like, don't get. Make no mistake. There is no way of ignoring it. Um, you might not be actively thinking about it at that moment, um, and you may think you've just like put that thing to bed. But trust me, it will just fester somewhere, and like it'll find a, it'll find an escape route, a, a relief tap somewhere, and it'll be while you're driving down the motorway and you snap or it'll be when you know you're walking past the you know an off license and you find yourself with like a you know six pack and you just don't really know why and it's just like oh yeah you suddenly feel like you and it or like i just i i know this uh, from personal experience and i know this from other people's experiences that um like silence or seek like being secretive about something is the fuel for these things like it can only it can only get worse and it will come out Um, it just won't come out in the way that you want so you might as well put the relief tap yourself and like if you're talking about it you're controlling the way it's coming out you're controlling the way that it's Mm. expressing itself um because Mm. believe you me it will express itself yeah no i fully agree um and i think that's a really
0: lovely way to describe it um before we talk about your playlist Mm-hmm. kind of one one last thing i'm intrigued about so obviously you've mentioned for about before you joined gorillas etc you did a lot of stuff on your own kind of your solo stuff mm-hmm. and you mentioned in rehab you you know you're able to write etc is there going to be a record or a song or something that you release yourself under obviously your name that comes off of the back of one of these songs that you formulated during rehab or post etc
1: well yeah i mean all of I think all of the stuff I've written since uh, being there is informed by that experience because also for the first time ever, I'm just, I'm kind of just writing honest things again, um, or maybe for the first time ever, really. Um, I used to sort of write theoretical things or stories or just love songs, et cetera, but, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And some people like say, Paul Simon is a master of just writing stories and turning them into oh, yeah. songs. Um Cinematographer's party. One of the best lines ever. land is still um, one of the best albums ever. It's a bang, bang, banger. Um, but yeah, so the songs that I, I will, I do plan on releasing some stuff, and uh, I don't, I don't know when, um, but hopefully, um, I, I'd like to have something out properly this year, um, whether it be like a small EP or even just a couple singles. Um, like sonically, it's a Like, the few people who might have heard my solo stuff from, you know, many, many years ago, it's a completely different thing. Um, It's very, very different this time. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, But also, my expectations have changed, and I didn't realise how hurt I was from, like, having a record deal that didn't work out. You know, obviously, when you're, like, 21 and you sort of get dropped from record label, it's, like, it can have really far-reaching repercussions, and it did, I didn't read it and it's one of those things where I didn't address it like I just swallowed it up and I just acted like I was fine and I just threw myself into all into loads of different other projects um almost just to fill the vacuum I only realized this is what I was doing now um I thought I was just I thought I was dealing with it um by doing that it's like new I was running from the like the actual pain and disappointment and like imagine being sort of promised the world and and I'm not even necessarily saying that anybody from the label, like there's any nefarious thing. It's just the nature of the game. But like when you're, you know, you feel like you're, you know, the one um, and like your life's going to change and this, this, this. And, you know, I mismanaged my money as well. Um, but there was just a lot of, there was a lot of pain wrapped up in things not working out the way you think and when you're like 21. Because as soon as that doesn't work out, you're like, I'm old No one's gonna ever sign me again what have i got to offer Um, look at all these other people doing like way better than i am um always like looking looking elsewhere and never looking in and uh yeah i pay the price for that um but it's definitely something i'm aware of now so like with what i release now my you know it's it's more a case of i'm releasing it because i just want it want to release it and i want people to hear it and um whether I even like do it on a big label or whether I like actually do shows for it, it will just depend on how I feel and depends on how it does. But it's like, I don't, I've got so much going on, uh, thankfully, um, that I don't need to, I don't need to just be validated by having a number one or, you know, all the things like my, my, my whole sort of just life is shifted. I'm still working on it, but it's just like, cause you just can't help it. I just turned 33 and I'm just like, man if things worked out when I was like 21 what would things he be like do you know what I mean um but actually I reckon if I blew up when I was 21 I probably wouldn't be alive so it's yeah. probably for the best
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think sometimes I think it's and obviously I haven't been in your position but I think sometimes when you release it just for you and your expectations are managed if it mm-hmm. does do something different than maybe what you expect it feels that little bit sweeter like with yeah. example, I thought the only person that really listened to this would be my mum so when I see other people do and other people share it and I see the numbers go up it means a lot more to me because I didn't think hardly anyone would listen to this so um, I it. think if you go into it for you and obviously you've got your I know it's not 9 to 5 obviously you've got your job with gorillas, and you've got your other projects this you know you can do for you if you people do react which i'm sure they will and do respond and do connect with it i'm sure it will mean that little bit sweeter because it's a lot more meaningful and you're going to it with your kind of expectations not rock, right, you know sky sky high
1: yeah and uh, managing expectations is a massive uh it's a massive thing i think to do with mental health it's like yeah. um it can be the same with managing expectations with people like personal relationships managing expectations with like with work and um yeah i think that's that protecting yourself from just being constantly disappointed um it's like if if you if you are realistic about the things it's also the same with like managing expectations with like your sobriety and stuff it's like i'm not going to drink for the next 15 years I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna think about drinking for the next two weeks or something like that. So like, that's ridiculous. Um, what you can only do is work on today It's just like I'm gonna get through this day um, and I can do. I can do this much. I can achieve this much. And no, anything more than that, anything more than that is a is a bonus. Like, oh totally. Yeah. I mean, with mental health, you have to take it day at a time.
0: Some days you're gonna feel right. great. Some days you're gonna feel a bit meh. Um, yeah, but that's fine. And then you know the, the the day after the mad day you may be feeling you know
1: banging again, so um it passes it it in the same way that um I don't know it's just one thing that i I've, I've realized and I've seen just like there are obviously being an an adult in London like there's opportunity to do whatever you want, whatever madness like i could i could go back to i'm just I'm just a phone call and a cash point away from my life changing. Do you know what I mean? Um But you know, the feeling to do that may crop up every now and then, but that's all right. Yeah. It's just it's not like when you're in recovery, like you don't ever think about drinking or you don't ever think about using. You think about it all the time. You just don't do it. Like that's the that's the truth of it. Yeah. It's like um you're gonna you know, you're gonna go to a supermarket and walk down or see people with, you know, trolleys full of booze for a barbecue or something like that it's just like okay look at it it's it's coming to your your field of vision it's coming to your mind um but like with any craving or whatever i'm um, not to even say that you're going to feel cravings for it but like with anything the feeling will pass right. like you are going to have down days and you're going to feel trouble what i found is actually it's not the down days that are the problem it's actually when i'm feeling good That actually because you know i used when i was feeling really great as well as when i was feeling really bad Mm. um it's working out how to celebrate sober that actually is is my challenge um like that's that's actually the the problem for me but um you know even just just saying that is like another just constant thing for me just like to be aware of and just to um that i hope someone else can actually can understand that actually um sometimes think about addiction or think about um, problems with mental health etc being about when you're feeling low or the top but it's like you need just as much strength when you're feeling great um because that's when you can that's when your guard is lowest can can be its lowest yeah. it's like um oh, i'm doing good i'm looking good like oh so screw it let me just have a ah oh, just this one or whatever or all your friends are having it the feeling's good the weather's great the music's right um the situation's great she's given you that she's given you a second look oh my god i'm like this is amazing um that's when you need to be have your things about you um, and yeah. because again that can that can topple quick yeah no i agree i mean
0: yeah I, i've got an answer i think you summed up really nicely <laughs> so <laughs> uh um cool well thank you for that that was so inspiring And you know you were so open, so I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Nice one, Dan. So now moving on to your playlist. Okay. Get my notes out. (laughs) Cool. So obviously the the point of this podcast, apart from the chat that we've obviously just had, is to build your emotional playlist. And for those who may not listen to the podcast before. That's where I give a different emotion, a different feeling to the guest. And they build. They tell us a song that fits that emotion that they go to when they're feeling that feel. Um, and then we put, you know, we release your playlist when your podcast comes out as well. And then hopefully the person listening is able to use that song as support for that emotion that you're obviously going to pick. Um, every guest has all the same playlist bar one. Um, so it's your happy song the song that inspires you then there's a song that's kind of more for you your sad song the song that you play at the end of your life and an honourable mention as well so let's crack on so every playlist mm-hmm. starts with that banger especially for weather like this when the sun's out you want to play that happy song so kind of an A and a B what type of music do you go to when you're feeling happy and then obviously
1: what is your song that you selected for this emotion um I don't really have uh, sort of styling of music I go to. When I'm feeling happy, um, but if it's anything, it's probably going to be something quite old. because okay. um, I just feel like like it was it was less cheesy to be happy in like the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Do you know what I mean like yeah. you could sing a, a song from a musical that's meant to be happy is the happiest. Possible melody you could possible, possibly write. Whereas a happy song now isn't, it's probably quite, it's probably relatively seedy, or it's like, it's, you know, the melody's not necessarily that great, but like, it's more like the sound of the beat or something like that. Um, whereas a happy song uh, before, well, so my happy song, even though it's a sort of a bittersweet one, but it's my, I think it's probably one of, if not the best love song ever written, um, God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Nice. um 'Cause there's just there there is something sort of there's depth to it, as well as it being this like beautiful melody that's like haunting as well as completely uplifting and like the seeming like key change into the chorus. It's like it's an extremely harmonically dense and complicated song, but you can still sing it, which I think is the hallmark of the Beach Boys. It's like these songs are like Jedi level songwriting like classes um but they're still so simple and sweet that you can sing them um but they're not just saccharine sweet there's also like a tang and like a slight edge to them so um yeah that's that's my that's my go-to song i can't, I never tire from of listening to that song ever yeah no i love it i mean i
0: don't tend to listen to the beach boys much but when i do it gives you that kind of warm feeling mm. because the songs are so good um yeah Nice, I love that. I think that's a great opener. Okay, track two, um, the song that inspires you. So when you want to be, and obviously inspired to quite. there's many different ways you can take that kind of emotion feeling. Uh, but again, obviously A and B to this question. When you do want to feel inspired, what type
1: of music do you go to? And then B, what is your song pick? Only for this, I feel a bit more clear. I listen to a lot of 80s music. Um, obviously, I've got a lot of radio show on uh, Boozoo Radio on Saturdays four till six, which is just eighties tunes, nice. um, and not necessarily like I think a lot, a lot of times when you say eighties tunes, people think of just like mellow Magic, um, but there's like again, it's a decades worth of music, so it's like there's everything from funk and pop and soul to you know you know alternative stuff that you know old, that old pop was like massive like you know, New Wave you. Were, New uh, Romantics, your um, punk, your goth stuff. It's like just such a dense and and I think my favorite era of pop music, anyways. Um, so it's like unashamed, unabashed hyper pop, um, but when it was cool. Um, and yeah, and I but I just find like there's just there's a certain feeling that you can get that I get actually personally I get when I hear certain chords with certain, like, say, guitar sounds and certain synths in just a certain way that I just can't help but feel, I don't know. The feeling I felt when, I say, I watched The Breakfast Club for the first time, there's just, like, that that crystalline feeling um, or the feeling I get when I watch the video for um, uh, Head Over Heels, right? Like, Tears for Fears. Yeah. Like, there's just an 80s feeling that, I don't know how to describe, but I love feeling that. So I listen to eighties music to get it. Nice. <laughs> um, and, but there's, this, there's a band I discovered during this last, uh, last year, during lockdown, um, called Till Tuesday. Um, and there's a song called Voices Carry. And again, it's one of these songs that's like, I mean, it's, it's quite 80s, um, so it might be in a quiet taste for some. Um, but if you look beyond the sort of sonics of it, the actual song itself is again—it's this bittersweet. It's a base. It's about a woman who's in a relationship, or someone who's in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to admit that they love them. Right. Oh, okay. So, like the like the person, the, the protagonist of the song is like. Um, when they say that they're falling in love, the other person says, "Hush, hush. Voices carry. So you don't want." They, they they want to keep it down and this like imposing person doesn't want anyone else to know that this person's falling in love with them okay. it's like but yeah i mean, you listen to it, it's like it's a wicked tune with a wicked chord change changes the melody and um into the chorus but it's actually quite dark <laughs> um yeah so check it out check yeah out. i don't know actually
0: um and one yeah. of the nice things about this pod is when people i love discovering obviously new tunes so when people tell me and someone i don't know i scribble it down and listen to it mm. in the moment we hang up so uh that's definitely going on straight after this. Uh, cool. Track three is obviously one that's more kind of tailored around you. So it's a song that you've written or released. So it doesn't have to be a you know a song that you've kind of done under your own. Name. It could be one of the bands you've been in. That is the most meaningful connection to you. So, what song would would you pick for
1: that one? Well, I did want I wanted to choose a song that people could actually listen to. Um, and this song, it's a song called Kondaina, so it's K-O-N-D-A-I-N-E, which is um, it's a song in, it's a word in Chichewa, which is a language out of Malawi. Um, and it's like, it's a love potion, right, that you give, you know, the sort of story of this potion is like you give it to your partner so they go around in circles and can't leave the gaff so you just leave so they stay indoors right Um, and I wrote this song with a band called The Very Best who are like my family Um, Johan who's a producer producer, and um, Esau Mamoia who's a singer for the band Um, and I've been I've worked on and off with them for years Um, uh, really cool sort of Afro pop band Uh, super dancey super but really cool and moody and fun It's just the best Um, and yeah they're my family um nice. and yeah I did the, I wrote I um I feature on this song so I sing the chorus uh, I wrote the hook and yeah it's yeah it's fun it means a lot it means a lot to me I had we had a great time doing the video and um like we went out to I think we're in Kenya um shot a video in like we went to like a village out in the middle of nowhere and like um we like had this like we had a proper like voodoo like ceremony and it was like it was super gnarly and super fun and <laughs> I got I got ill um which wasn't fun but it was also kind of fun. Um it was like a really cool experience and um I just love the love that band and I hope I hope we do some more stuff soon. Um it's off a it's off a record called an album called MTMTMK, which is more to Malawi the Madonna's kids. Um uh, that's what it stands for but we weren't legally allowed to call it that. Yeah, the band's in um, <laughs> yeah so check it out it's a fun band it's a, yeah i don't know them it's a great so, uh, it's a fun yeah. it's a, that's that's a really it's a really like that song is perfect for this weather it's super Sweet. like pumpy like really, really good fun amazing thank you very much i look forward to
0: checking that one out okay yeah. we're on the home stretch um this is your like every good playlist you need to have that down moment this is the sad song um so again what type of music do you go to when you are feeling that emotion which is obviously totally you know we need to embrace that emotion or sometimes we won't be able to get past it um and then obviously what is your pick as well
1: yeah i mean so i on sunday so this isn't just me plugging on my radio shows but, um <laughs> sunday i have a show called sepia tone on islington radio and um, that's not a specific time you can check that out whenever it goes live um and that's off that sort of thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies sort of music, but I called it sepia tone because all the tunes sound like they sound like they would look like they're in sepia tone. Right, sounds weird, but like um, cool old stuff, anyways. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I listen like I love, I love a close harmony group, um, a great vocal group, and I chose. Um, Chose the Ink Spots, um, which is like a band, a, a, a vocal group from the 30s, 30s, 40s. Um, there's a song called Into Each Life, Some Rain Must Fall, featuring Ella Fitzgerald. Um, and it's like, I mean that says that says a lot about actually dealing with sadness. It's like you're gonna get some rain. Um, so, it's a be, it's a really beautiful song. It's it's again with these guys with the ink spots. This sound, there's something haunting about just like an old 30s recording, anyways. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds kind of found, you know. Um, and yeah, haunting and like there's all the ooze in the background are quite sort of spectral. But it's like, and Ella, Ella comes in and says it, it's beautiful. Um, but I listen to that sort of stuff, I listen to sort of old old records when mm. I'm feeling low. Yeah. Would Do you
0: have just make it often to go.
1: Sorry. I was just saying, because it often makes those songs, they often make things feel all right. They're 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 not just, like, sad for the sake of being sad. They're often sad with a message or, or with some sort of hope. Um, as opposed to, say. I mean, you know, there's lots of old songs, say, like, Negro Spirituals or... Um, songs about you know the sort of black experience for example which were often just horrible but also there would just be some sort of tenacity in them or like a spirit of but this won't kill kill me or my people or something like that so um i like listening to things that you know where they yeah embrace like you say embrace the feeling but have a sliver of hope um in there
0: Yeah, I like that. And do you have a certain spot that you go to if you're going to, you know, if you know you're going to listen to a song for that feeling? Do you have a certain chair? Do you go for a walk with your headphones on? Do you get into bed? Like, do you have a certain spot that you go to?
1: I tend to listen to music in transit. So, um, yeah, I'll be walking to the gym or in the gym or on the train somewhere, uh, going for a walk. I tend not to unless I'm working on my playlist for my radio show, I tend not to listen to much music at home. Um, I, have yeah, unless I'm, if I'm, if I'm making it fair enough, but like, I don't just sit and have music on like ever, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's not, it's not how I relax. Yeah. Sometimes you need that break.
0: If it's your life, you need just to.
1: Yeah. It's not, time it's, into not other things. it's not my mode of chilling out now. Nice.
0: Okay now this should be the last song but there is obviously one after so this is the song that you play as the curtain's about to close on the kind of the story movie of your life so
1: what song would you play us out so this is earth angel by marvin berry and the starlighters from back to the future um what <laughs> nice. sure you remember like the dance the um enchantment under the sea dance that oh, yeah. um, they go to at the end so the band that band that's playing they play a song with, earth angel um. earth angel please be mine <laughs> it is an old it's an old tune that lots of people have sung it before um but i love their version um yeah marvin, Ber- marvin Berry and the starliners um their version of earth angel especially also because the song ends with a flourish from the like the orchestra um that ties into the theme of the Back to the Future f- uh, film which is probably one of my favourite um, scores of a film okay. ever. like Back to the Future one and two just the music is just outstanding um, but yeah I love that song and I think that's that's a cool one <laughs> yeah no I love that I wasn't expecting that um, we haven't actually had a
0: song from a movie yet like a soundtrack so that's really cool mm. and uh, yeah when I think about that movie I always think of you know Johnny Be Good Johnny Be Good, um, yeah when Michael J. Fox rips it on the guitar, but um, that song equally was great. Um, Yeah, I love that. Okay, this is it. This is the last one, and then you're free to go. Um, Your honourable mention. So a song that nearly made the cut for one of the
1: other picks. Uh, What other one would you like to kind of throw in? Um, So I'm not sure whether this would have made the... Inspire or the happy song because it kind of can straddle both Um, but California Soul by Marlena Shaw Um, slash (laughs) I'm going to chuck a slash in there Um, uh, what's it called California Dreaming by the Mamas and the Papas Um, there's something about that like songs songs about California tend to have a really just a really cool breezy like I don't know spirit to them which I really really dig and um I feel I always feel great when I listen to those songs um feel like they're great walking tunes um you sort of feel like you've got some purpose when you listen to those guys um yeah and this and I find both Money and Shaw and the Mamas and the Papas sort of inspiring um in general um so yeah those those ones almost made the cut but I'm still, I'm quite happy with the songs that I selected. Yeah. Um, And I,
0: on a personal level, love this because I don't know a lot of these tracks. So I get to discover new music and hopefully fall for these songs like you have. So um, thank you very much. And obviously we will, when your episode gets released, we'll release this playlist and hopefully people can, um, you know, get kind of the feel with these songs like you do um yeah thank you so much for coming on the pod um before we go right. is there anything i know we've already given a couple of shout outs to obviously your tea to the dot martin's project is there anything else that you would like to mention
1: before we before we shut this book i just big up to yeah teen Challenge, like teens and teenager challenge those are the that's the charity um i that i worked with and they help so many people get out of addiction every year um i think they have one of the best actual they have like i a... I am not getting these statistics correct so please um but something like 80 percent of the people who complete the program you know stay clean for five years Amazing. um which is higher than which is a lot higher than like it's next like number two is way way lower than that right okay. um but that's the people who complete the program um it's a it's a rock art program but they do wonderful work regardless of whether you believe or not you don't have to be a christian to go there um but it's like i just i can't thank them enough they literally saved my life um so i i would i support them wholeheartedly and i recommend if you can please maybe donate to them um or just or just any any charity that's helping people with um yeah addiction and like these things these people are doing some noble frontline work um because again like it's not just substance addiction like you know think about people who like charities who work with people who are gambling addicts which is some of the saddest stuff you're ever going to see um like yeah no i just i'd say um number one thank you tom for for this chat's been great um it helps every time i talk about this stuff it helps me as well as hopefully helping others um and just to whoever you are, wherever you are. Um, you're you're not don't if you say relapse or something like that, that doesn't make you a failure. Just let's let's just be clear. You only fail when you give up. Just so just keep like this might be your fourth time going to rehab, or whatever, but you're still alive, do it. If you need to, do it. Or try something different. But net, like, it doesn't matter how many times you fall which is the cliche, but it's, it's all about just moving forward. Um, So don't beat yourself up about not having everything down or like, you know, you didn't drink for three weeks and then you had a drink. It's like, all right. You didn't drink for three weeks though. Like that's an achievement. So, you know, you can do it. Um, So let's build on that. Um, So yeah, seek help. If you feel like you need help, talk to somebody, be open, be honest. Um, You know, it's going to be hard. But it's probably going to be worth it, um, and that's that's not just with addiction or anything like that. Just like mental health, like talk to someone, um, find a life coach, find a, someone that you trust or a, a counselor or something like that. And you know, just everybody should just check themselves, man, because um, this this is it's hard. <laughs> life in general is hard, yeah. um, but it's also a team sport. So yeah, get help.
0: Nice. I think that's a really beautiful way to kind of close this close this chapter of our chat um thank you so much for coming on stay strong i appreciate you being so honest um we'll share everything that you have shared about you as a person about the charities you're supporting about obviously this grace trust that have helped you um mm. and yeah i just appreciate you and yeah stay strong nice one tom pick up sure. yourself Cheers
1: yeah thanks for having me bless